0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Julian Keats and this is Addiction in Simple Terms, a podcast in which I explain some of the important ideas in addiction to help you make sense of your experiences and hopefully make some changes for the better in your life. If you've had problems with alcohol and drug use, if you're struggling with addiction or if someone you love or care for is facing addiction, then this podcast is for you. This is episode 3 in a series. In episode 1, I spoke about how addiction works in the brain. In episode 2, I covered how addiction, dependence and substance use disorders are diagnosed. You may want to go back and listen to those for background, but if you're listening to this as a standalone episode, you should be able to follow along just fine. Today I'll be asking the question, why do people use drugs? and looking at some of the factors that influence that decision. When I use the term drugs, I'm referring to alcohol and tobacco, as well as cannabis, methamphetamine, cocaine and heroin, and the prescription drugs such as OxyContin or Valium. Okay, let's make a start. Why do people use drugs? What would you say if I asked why you use drugs or why you drink alcohol? You might say out of curiosity, for enjoyment or excitement, or to relax. You might say to socialise and be part of a group, or to rebel against being part of a group. And some people might say to overcome boredom. Still others would say they use drugs to relieve stress and cope with problems. They may have a history of emotional trauma mental illness or chronic pain and be using to escape physical or psychological pain or discomfort. And some people would say they use to avoid or relieve withdrawal symptoms because of overwhelming cravings or just to feel normal. Whatever the reasons are that a person uses drugs, it's important to recognise that they do so because they expect or hope to experience some sort of benefit. No one uses drugs because they want to experience harms or negative consequences. They may be aware that there's a chance of some negative consequences, such as side effects or hangovers, a risk of overdose, or maybe getting caught by the police and arrested. And they may be willing to accept that chance or tolerate some bad things. But that's because for them, at that time, they feel it's an acceptable trade-off for the benefit they're expecting. For an outsider looking in, it may not look like a very good trade-off, it may not be a trade-off the outsider would settle for, but to the person using the drug, their experience and perspective is different. If you think about this for more than a few minutes, it becomes obvious that different people will have different reasons that they use, and for most people there's probably going to be a bunch of reasons, rather than just one. The reasons are also going to change over time depending on where a person is in their drug using career. You might start out using drugs because you're curious, but then stumble over the fact that they help your pain, whether that be physical or psychological, and that becomes the driving reason for continued use. Or maybe you started out using drugs for excitement and to rebel, but after a time found yourself hooked and needing to keep using just to avoid withdrawals or just to feel normal. Not surprisingly, it turns out that the question, why do people use drugs, is a pretty complex one. What I'd like to do is pull apart the pieces of the puzzle and look at each one of them in more depth. It's a bit artificial, I know, because all of these things are intertwined, but I find that simplifying things by pulling them apart can actually help us to better understand the complexity when we put it all back together again. So if we're going to pull things apart, the place I would begin is with the question, why do people use drugs? And I'd break that up into three questions. The first would be, why do people start using drugs in the first place? Why do they experiment? The second question would be, why do some people keep using drugs after initially experimenting? What makes them go on to become a regular user? And the third question would be why do some people develop addiction and seem to be unable to stop using drugs? A useful picture here to have in the back of your head is of a set of Russian dolls. This is an old simple wooden children's toy that's sometimes also known as babushka dolls or stacking dolls or nesting dolls. If you have a look on Google, the first picture that comes up will explain what I mean. But it's a toy that's shaped like a Coke bottle and often has a face and some clothing painted on the outside in red. And it comes apart in the middle into a top and bottom half. When you take off the top half, inside you find another slightly smaller doll painted exactly the same. And if you take out that doll, it also opens in half and inside that is an even smaller doll painted exactly the same. Now, often there's six or eight dolls on the set, but we're just going to go with three dolls. So if we laid them out side by side, we'd have a small doll that fits inside the middle doll, and the middle doll fits inside the bigger doll. I think most of you will know what I mean when I talk about these Russian dolls, and as I say, if you look on Google, the first picture that comes up will explain it to you. But if you've never seen them and I'm already losing you, I'll give you another example. Imagine you've got a basketball and if we cut open that basketball, inside you find a tennis ball. And if we cut the tennis ball open, inside that we've got a ping pong ball. Well, that's the picture I want you to keep in your head because drug use is a bit like that. There's a large number of people who experiment with drugs once or twice or a few times, and that's our basketball, or the largest, Russian doll. Now amongst the people who have experimented, there's a smaller number of people who use drugs repeatedly or regularly, and that's our tennis ball, the middle Russian doll. And then of those people who use drugs regularly, there's a smaller number who develop addiction. And that's our ping-pong ball, or the smallest, innermost Russian doll. The point is, not everyone who experiments with drugs goes on to use them regularly, and not everyone who uses them regularly goes on to develop addiction. Let's now unpack the factors that influence initial experimentation. I do this by grouping them together under three broad headings the availability of drugs, how acceptable it is to use drugs in the social circle, and the individual factors. Firstly, the availability of drugs. In communities where drugs are affordable, able to be accessed easily and heavily promoted, people are more likely to be tempted to use them. If we think about the legal drugs tobacco and alcohol, when they are cheap, When there are lots of bottle shops, pubs or places you can buy them from with long opening hours and lower age limits or no restrictions and when there's widespread advertising and heavy promotion then a greater proportion of people are likely to use them and they're more likely to start using at a younger age. If we think about the illegal drugs, again if they are cheaper, if it's easier to find a drug dealer in your community or a friend who will sell them to you Or if they're being aggressively promoted, pushed or glamorised, more people attempted to try them. And these factors even influence pharmaceutical drugs that can cause addiction. If they can be purchased cheaply and easily. If they're available without a prescription over the counter or if they're widely prescribed or over prescribed so that lots of people have them in their medicine cabinet at home. Or if they're promoted as a cure-all, a quick fix or something that gets you high then more people are going to give them a try, whether it be for legitimate medical conditions or for non-medical uses. The second group of factors has to do with how acceptable it is to use drugs in your social circle. So in social groups or social environments where drug use is common or acceptable, people are more likely to experiment. In childhood, your main social circle is the family unit your parents in the family home. Patterns of parental drug use and what a child sees when they're young influences not just their choices now, but also the decisions they make when they get older. As a parent, you're a role model, not just through what you say, but also through what your kids see you do. And that can have both positive and not so positive effects on your kids. Now, as any parent can tell you, once a child becomes a teen or an adolescent, then the influence of the parent seems to become not as important as what friends or the peer group are doing. Teens tend to try out new things, partly just because that's what being a teenager is all about, developing confidence and finding where you fit in the world. It may be hairstyles, or music tastes, or driving, or other new hobbies or interests. But not uncommonly, it's also cigarettes, and alcohol, or drugs, especially if that's what your friends are doing. This is where the infamous wrong crowd play a role. But many youngsters who experiment at this stage don't necessarily go on to regular use, and only some of those that go on to regular use are at high risk of addiction. And then as we move through adolescence into adulthood, our social circle widens further. This might include sporting clubs, the workplace, religious affiliations, as well as the physical neighbourhood, suburb, city or nation where we live, and even mass media and social media. All of these communities influence our beliefs and values around what's acceptable in terms of drug use and can affect our choices. The third group of things to influence experimentation are the individual factors. This has to do with how you as an individual think, feel and interact with the world and includes personality, trauma, mental illness and I would also put in here your experience of pain. Your personality is shaped pretty early in life by the interplay of your genetics and your experiences and the science suggests it's about a 50-50 mix. Your experiences include the environment you were raised in and how you were parented as well as any adverse child experiences, such as abuse or trauma. Mental illness can arise anywhere through the life cycle and affects how your personality is expressed. Now, personality is a complex thing. It's not easy to define or describe, and that makes it hard to study. But there are a couple of personality characteristics that have been well studied and linked to drug use. One is impulsiveness or impulsivity, This is the tendency to behave suddenly for immediate gratification without forethought for consequences. And another is novelty seeking, the desire to explore new or novel experiences. People who rate high in impulsiveness or high in novelty seeking have a higher likelihood of experimenting with drug use. And as I mentioned, A person's experience of pain can also play a role in their initiation to drug use. Unrelieved pain from an injury, that we might think of as physical pain, or from what we might call psychological pain, such as chronic stress or emotional distress, can contribute to a person's decision to experiment in an attempt to self-medicate, a term we hear often. Alright, I'm keeping my eye on the time. And I can see that we've gone over 13 minutes, so we might stop things there. I don't want these episodes to get too long because I want you to be able to squeeze them into your busy day. Just to recap, today we've spoken about the reasons people might give when asked why they use drugs, and that people use drugs hoping to get some benefit, even if that might mean a trade-off of accepting some harms. Then we broke the question, why do people use drugs, down into why do they experiment, why do they become regular users, and why do some people develop addiction. Then we unpacked that first question, why do they experiment, and looked at drug availability, how acceptable drug use is in the social circle, and individual factors such as personality. In the next episode, I'll unpack that second question, what influences the move from experimental use to regular use? And I might talk a little bit about tolerance and withdrawals as well. Please join me again next time for Addiction in Simple Terms.